Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that you can't tell whether we're red or not. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. I'm tired. He's I'm Kendall. tired. I'm Jordan. <laughs> I'm Kendall. <laughs> I'm Kendall. <laughs> and this week we are reviewing Beast Wars. I almost said Beast Wars. Beast Machines, season two, episode five. So of different. Wolf in the it's Fold. Got new designs and the same characters. Yes. So different. Um, so, yeah. Interesting app, which we will get into. Uh, not everybody's favorite, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, so, Kendall, did you find anything for this day in history? For so, for the date? Saturday, September 9th, 2000, Powerball numbers were 18, 42, 14, 29, 20, and 2. Jackpot was 16 million dollars, and there were zero winners. I only had two numbers there. <laughs> I was gonna say so, I bet a lot of a lot of a lot of uh Douglas Adams fans probably like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if uh if anybody if anybody goes back in time, they can uh they can do that. They can take our numbers and win some money. There is and actually then- there is actually trivia though on IMDB. Oh listen, I'm listeners- not surprised just one. Listeners, uh, just so you're aware, I'm tired. I had a long day at work. And uh, yeah, so if I seem like I'm phoning it in, yeah, you know. (laughs) Uh, So the concept of the hate plague originates from Transformers, The Return of Optimus Prime, Part 1, 1987. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) What? Well, no. I was saying, like, I knew that. And then it said, I missed this line. Because I think that it's the wrong. I think this line is wrong. Uh-oh. What? Yeah. It says Cheetor's line, who died and made you Optimus, can be seen as a reference to how often characters named Optimus seem to sacrifice themselves and pass on their legacy to another leader. I thought Cheetor's line was, who died and made you King Kong. That yes, was it was. Yeah. Night Scream said, who died and made you Optimus to Cheetor. Yes. Later. Okay. They, they did. They did the yeah. same joke twice, essentially, but with different like references. Yeah. Well, the good the good thing is I heard one of them because I was paying attention <laughs> to half of the episode. So I think this episode was just designed for me. Ah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> we have more trivia there, Kendall. Nope, that's all. Jordan, you're up. <laughs> all right. So it does point out one continuity error where at the beginning of the episode. The Oracle's portal-like structure is active, filled with a starry background. Yet, as of Fallout, the structure is supposed to be inactive. With the oh, almost went too far. Uh, the, but yeah, it's supposed to be inactive. We're not supposed to be seeing it. Oh. Uh, continuity notes: uh, Optimus Primal taps Thrust on the shoulder and then decks him when he turns around, which might be a reference to his fight with Wasmater in a Better Mousetrap. Oh yeah. Hmm. And uh, as Kendall pointed out. There's the Transformers reference of the Hate Plague, which has its own article 
And uh, I gotta say, the article itself is kind of interesting. In fact, like the 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 uh, original su- summary text is all in red. Uh, and it's just basically it has a really long list of people who were infected by it too. A lot of people were. Like, I, 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 it was yes. kind of funny because I haven't seen a lot of G one, but when Shidor made that reference or or Rat Trap did or something, uh, I think Ice Cream specifically was met was the one that mentioned the hate plague that once uh, affected Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I thought Rat Trap mentioned it, but Ice Cream commented on it, but I could be wrong. Anyways. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because I've seen the only G1 stuff I've seen really is like a couple of us of season one and then the movie and then Return of Optimus Prime. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of funny that, like, out of the two references they've made in this show to G1, mm-hmm. like the two major ones, I got them or three major, I guess, because Unicron are mm-hmm. and then like the arc. And then, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, it's funny because Cassie's like, excuse me? And I'm like, no, that's a thing. <laughs> and she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just wait till we get to the rust virus. Or was it a... Wait, was, was it a rust was bacteria there, or whatever? What was, was, the... there a, was there a rust monster? Because those are from D&D. Well, no, but there was there was, there was supposedly like like another... Uh, oh, it was cosmic just... rust. Yes, that's it. Cosmic yeah. rust. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which technically was in... Uh... Uh, in one of the movies, the and it was in it was in animated as well. Uh also we got a couple of real world references. As we mentioned, Cheetor refers to Optimus Primal as King Kong, and <laughs> Rat Trap berates Cheetor with an irritated "Another fine mess you've gotten us into," quoting Oliver Hardy's catchphrase. <laughs> That's a deep pull. Yeah, I, was say, uh, I mean, like a lot of people say that. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know if that was what they were specifically quoting there. Um couple of trivia notes that this episode was lampooned in a mstf fashion along with forbidden fruit can't see which uh cons though that that happened at and interesting silver bolt is presented in as a title as the title wolf in the fold being the first carrier of, of the virus despite losing the wolf-like attributes of his fusar form yeah. those those silver could be considered a lone wolf a person prefers to be alone despite being in a group or society or society at this point Plus, Wolf in the Fold references, like, you know, like a sheep, wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing. Like, there's a wolf among sheep kind of thing. Like, and, and they kind of even reference that, like, because I think uh, Thrust says, like, oh, all the sheep have their shepherd. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's a clever reference to the title, because Wolf in the Fold, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then we've got one final trivia note. The infected Maximals are utter assholes to one another to the point of hilarity. <laughs> Hilarity, I'm not sure, but I'll definitely concede the first point. <laughs> I but, I don't know. I, as, as, I wish as I as would. I, if I'd have realized you guys disliked this episode so much, I really <laughs> would have paid attention, more attention, because I liked it, I think. <laughs> well, like I said, I keep kind of going back and forth. Like, I find it yeah. funny, but I don't think that's a good thing. I think there were parts that were decent, but I think it was a bit more hit and miss than what we're used to at least that's just my that's my initial take on it but but yeah so so nothing else in as far as on the tf wiki there jordan uh yep that seems to be all of it okay well i guess getting down to the nitty-gritty of the episode uh once again we don't have a last time on beast machines so they've sort of gone back and forth and i guess this episode and the last episode, I'm curious as to 
if we're going to get that again or if it's just going to be till the end that we maybe see it arise again. I was sort of getting used to it, but um, so we opened this episode sort of seeing the layers of Cybertron that we've become accustomed to. We saw them the first episode and then we saw them. I think it was the premiere of this season or was it the last episode of last season? Uh, no, I think it was the premiere of this. Se- yeah, because they had to go back to the Oracle. Oh, that's right. Yes. So, I mean, it's only been four episodes since the last time we saw it. So I thought it was a bit of a weird opening. But so we then cut to the Maximals, uh, who were, uh, as previously mentioned, at the the Oracle sort of structure with the the plants growing around it. And we've got the the Maximals uh, sort of confronted with Silverbolt, Black Arachne and Silverbolt are on one side of the bridge and the other Maximals are on the other and they sort of meet. And we do get a nice moment where Rattrap's really happy to see Silverbolt again, which I thought was really nice. Uh, and Optimus, of course, is happy to see him too. And he thanks Black Arachnia for bringing him back, which I thought was even better because, you know, finally, I feel like Black Arachnia was sort of always a bit of the black sheep in the group. Mm-hmm. But I felt that, like, Optimus sort of acknowledging and and thanking Black Arachne for bringing Silver Bolt back. I thought it was a nice moment. No, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. Um, this part's cool. I mean, like, I, I didn't, and like, it feels like this it came up right after the end of last episode because, yeah. like, they split off and then Black Arachne and, and, uh, and Silver Bolt are returning. So, like, they, they kind of like just seeing him again for the first time. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, I mean, it works well. And also, Black Arachne had a lot of pushback for trying to get Silver Bolt back. So, it's good to have that because yes. she would, like, and admittedly, she would like compromise missions to try and get Silverbolt back. But at least once she did it, he's like, "Good job," you know. Yeah. yeah. So nice to see that the work was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get a bit of a sad moment where Cheetor makes mention that the gang is all back together again, and then we see Optimus sort of, you know, walk off to the side of the bridge and look off forlornly, and Cheetor sort of realizes what he said. And he goes and apologizes to Optimus because of the whole Rhinox situation. Um, but it's good that Optimus, I guess, is sort of accepting of of what's happened with Rhinox too. But you know, it was still a bit sad at the same token to the gang's technically not all back together. And like Night Scheme just kind of playing his car, like. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, for that matter, like Dinobot's not there, and. Uh, depth charge isn't there, and Tigertron's not there, and Air Razor's not there. In yeah. a very broad sense, Waspinator's not there too. But well, this you is know, like that's a very is, broad sense. <laughs> well, Wasp, I mean, like Waspinator's not there, but he never really joined the Maximals to begin with. And also, like, uh, this is kind of the crew that ended off Beast Wars, except for Rhinox. So that's kind yeah. of what he means, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know. It's still. I mean, I think there's. I think there's more to it than just. I think there's more to that statement than just that Rhinox isn't there. I think that these guys have been fighting a, for a long time. They've lost a lot of friends. Sure. So to say to say that the whole group is back together, I think that even even if they are focused mostly on Rhinox, I think there is it's a loaded statement. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. It I think it would have been nice to maybe have said nice to see you know, a familiar face again or something like something along those lines. Mind you, it's not like his face is that familiar, 
compared to the last time we saw him. But, you know. I don't know. He seems familiar to me. Yeah. As Sam the Eagle. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. Who liked the picture selection I made for this week's episode? Uh, Yep. I was quite pleased with that. So, yeah, for anybody who's wondering, check out this week's episode. last week's episode when you're hearing this because then you'll see a picture of me comparing Silverbolt to Sam the Eagle the Muppet. I'm looking so. at it right I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> so I didn't see that. Yeah. And I'm I decided to go with Long Lost Brothers as the episode title. So because the the resemblance I think is uncanny. But that is just me. Oh no, there's others who think that too. Yeah. Like like I said, there is a quote there is a quote in uh uh, in the TF wiki where where basically the line is is Sam like uh, talking to Kermit about adding some cultural relevance to to the show. Yes. <laughs> and I know I think somewhere in uh, Silverbolt's uh, uh, wiki or uh, TF wiki page, like in the part where it shows his beast forms there, it just has him like pointing. It's like you are all weirdos. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um. We do get a moment where Black Arachne and Silverbolt are talking a bit and she's, you know, trying to, you know, comfort him a bit. Say, look, it's just going to take a bit of time for everybody to get used to things again. He's still a bit brooding with everything that we saw last episode. But unfortunately, they have little time to really address it as the ground starts to shake around them. Everybody's like, what's going on? And we then cut to the surface and we've got tentacles coming out of the big giant head and entering the ground. And it looks a little weird. It's very brainiac-ish, I felt. Um, but yeah, so we, we've we got these tentacles that are sort of burrowing into the ground, causing these tremors. Um, Optimus orders everybody topside and as they're running down a hall. Um, the thing I noticed is everybody was transformed except for Optimus. Everybody else was in the robot mode for some reason. Mm. But, they can uh, be in whatever mode they want now. This is season I two. Suppose. Yeah. They um, were in the tunnels. They weren't near their hideout. Yeah, true enough. Uh, one of the uh, things that happens as they're running down the tunnel is Silverbolt, the lucky selector or selection, uh, happens to be we've got these sort of energy pulses shooting down this hallway that they're running down um and silverbolt happens to to run into like his foot taps into one of them and we see this sort of surge of energy and he starts freaking out a bit and then we have like this little sort of bug with legs yeah spider mechanical spider yeah it it sort of attaches to to his neck and then we see I was going to say, first it bur- burrows out of his neck, which yes. I found rather a little horrifying, and yeah. then it attaches to to his neck. Yeah. And then we see some, like, red veins sort of spread out a bit, and then we see his eyes glow. Um, Cheater comes over to check on him and and puts a hand on his shoulder, asks if he's okay. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And then we see this same red vein sort of run through Cheetor's palm, uh, and then he gets the red glowy eyes. And this is where we then get a series of everybody, you know, for one reason or another, touching everybody. Because uh, Cheetor steps on Rat Trap's tail. Then Rat Trap uh, gives Night Scream a high five to sort of suggest, hey, let's take down the big giant floating yeah. head. 
and that's gonna be his little head waggle thing. Yeah. Like you go girl kind of motion, but like <laughs> he's like, you got it. High five. <laughs> I like them stepping on Rat Trap's tail. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um Black Arachnia. And Silver Bolt just puts his shoulder on, on Black Arachnia. Yeah. Which was kind of nice, but Yeah, it almost looked like it was a, gonna be a nice little tender moment, and then yeah. you know it turned out to be ulterior motive sort of she thing. She looks the weirdest when she gets the virus, like really zooms in <laughs> on her face. She's like, oh, and her eyes are rolling in the back of the head. And I'm like, this is not comfortable. And she had a bit of a head waggle too at one point. Once she, she when, does, yeah. Yeah. It's a big it's a big theme this episode is head waggles. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, be, it's because this is reboot. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, but like it's so weird this scene because like when they're when they're touching everybody, it almost feels like they're doing it on purpose. Like, yeah, yeah I was like, gonna say know, the, he's like like Rattrap says something to have a high five. You know, he grabs Black Arachnia. She steps on his tail. Like, if I thought they were like under mind control or something when this first started happening, <laughs> and that they were being told to spread it, and that's why they were touching each other so much. But no, I guess this is naturally what they would have done. And then there's yeah. a virus. It's, it's one of those things where, like, you, you guess that this is, you know, how they might normally react or, or anything like that. But they don't focus on it because it's just, you know, small incidental things that they'll do on their off time kind yeah. of stuff. And But they wanted to make sure you understood what was going on with the virus. So they actually focus on it in this episode. So it kind of just comes out as a odd surprise that, wait, why are we focusing it on it this one? This one time. It's basically thing. like it's basically like if you've ever taken like a like a serve safe food hit, food safety course. There's this video that sometimes they play at them that it's like the guy sneezes on his hand and it like shows you that like the germs go from his hand to this guy this thing and then the, that person touches this thing and then, and then before you know it the whole room is covered in germs and that's why you <laughs> should wash your hands and don't cross the commercial the like chicken. That. What was the movie? It's, it's, it's a girl at a. Like there's a commercial like that where a girl like sneezes on her hand and she is at a grocery store and she grabs some fruit and she has a fruit glowing and she has like then her cart and everything and like yeah like. You know what? This whole thing could have been avoided if somebody had to use some c- cyber purel. Yep. Yeah. So that would have helped the mechanical spider growing out of his neck. Outbreak. Yeah. That's the movie I was thinking of. <laughs> what? Outbreak. Oh yeah. Yeah, where there's like seems basically of like it becoming airborne and going through the theater going through the vents and going into a theater next door to the theater of the person that was seasoned and coffee i was just like going into the theater is it like a 4d type thing well no 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 (laughs) yes actually actually everyone who saw the movie got the ebola virus (laughs) well in that in that scene it literally does kind of show like a pov of of like the air currents taking it taking it so like it basically you know like it it goes like you see the person cough, like in the in the movie itself, the person coughs and like then it, it's kind of like zooms up into a vent and you see it go through a vent and it zooms down and you see another person. And it just like zooms in at them and then it kind of like the scene ends or something. I I forget. Yeah, sure. It's been a very long time, but that's that's what they was trying to the portray. The yeah, infection, the infection spread. Yeah, and I think I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I you know that's the point. I'm willing to. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for this silly filler episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the way that it was, it was spreading. Um, I was going to say, it's just, it's, we're only making, uh, an odd, like an odd notice of it because they made a big odd notice of it. It's like yeah, one yeah, of yeah. those, th- it's, it's literally one of those things in a show where like they point something out, like, you know, Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Like 
like a like and they make a big deal about it when normally they wouldn't and you would assume that that's just things that would happen normally mm-hmm. yeah it, it was it was certainly emphasized i would say yeah and, well, i mean i get it it just seemed like they were actively touching each other and it felt like maybe there's a mind control thing going on but yeah no i get yeah. it mm-hmm. um to say and it is the exact same way that the that this rage virus spread before um in g1 it, it had to be spread by contact so so, so maybe i mean so maybe there that. is an element i mean there could even be an element to the virus that encourages you to in addition to making you super angry it makes you want to touch people oh yeah. that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me because that was a big thing in g1 too where yeah yeah were, it's ma- it just makes you extra, extra touchy feely <laughs> It was like so that there, one Star so there, Trek episode. So there you go, everyone. Remember, if someone is uh, are you talking about the naked to... time or uh, oh, what's which one are you talking or or this side of paradise? It could have been either one. Well, I was just going to give our listeners a warning that if anyone seems that wants to be touchy feely with you, they might be trying to spread a virus. So be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. My favorite thing about the I think about the naked time is. There's everybody's doing like ridiculous stuff. Like Sulu is running around with his shirt off with a sword. And, and uh, like, that's like one of the most memorable scenes with Sulu in the original series. But my favorite thing is when they're like describing what everyone does They're like the, the thing that is like the culmination of these people are acting completely insane. They say, and also crew members are taking showers with their clothes on. Yeah. And then when they when they reference it, when they basically do that plot again in Next Generation for the Naked Now, they they say that exact same line. They're like, crew members are taking showers with their clothes on. Yeah, yeah you, you actually you actually have mentioned the show I'm, before. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But there's <laughs> 8000 episodes of this podcast uh-huh. in the future when they have figured out how to do like the sonic shower kind of things or whatever. So they wouldn't have to waste water. Maybe they like water. I mean, I think they. I think with sonic showers, I don't think they use water. Yeah, but they want to. Oh, so so the water is just for who's, a small where's small convenience this, for a huge amount of waste. Yeah, well, that sounds like who's you, who's wait? Well, I mean, they can they can turn energy into matter, so you could so you could replicate you could just replicate water. Ah, okay. All all uh yeah, I mean all all basically all um uh all need to not. All uh, conservation is not necessary because, yeah, because they can they can turn energy into matter and matter into energy. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, I knew I shouldn't have opened that can of Star Trek lore. We're I mean, that's okay. So what happens (laughs) next? Everybody gets mad and it's funny. (laughs) Well, everybody does get mad. Uh, There's some moments that are funny, but it it almost turns into a Three Stooges esque everybody's shouting at everybody sort of thing. Um, Optimus Transform is like, what is going on? He's like, everybody needs to, you know, calm down. We're all soldiers and teammates. And everybody just, you know, starts, you know, shouting at him, insulting him a bit. He's like, fine, if nobody's going to help me, I'll do it on my own. And he starts flying up towards the big giant head again. Um, And this is where he says, this is where he says, you guys are all, acting like a bunch of farm animals right yeah yeah which is a terrific line i almost 
I almost said it. And then and then this is also where Cheetor says, who died and made you King Kong, right? Yes. There's so many good lines. I wish that I had. I re- now regret not pulling the audio because I was too lazy for this episode. <laughs> well, I can I can point out some some uh, cliche jokes that I actually still kind of laughed at was one where um, I think it was Night Scream and, and Rat Trap arguing with each other and and Cheetor's like, now, now, there's no need to fight. And then he's like, because, or are you just stupid? And just basically starts arguing with them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the, and then the, and then the one scene where they're, where it completely has broken down, they're all fighting and, and, and Optimus first, uh, you know, first, you know, tries to get them to stop. He's like, and gets everyone to stop and they immediately turn on him. You know, like yeah. basically it's like, what? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, but out of our arguing yeah. kind of thing. So pretty much. Yeah. Oh, and just uh, the name calling. I love the name calling. And then, and so, or yeah, I, I don't think we're, I don't think we're there yet to the other stuff that I like. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so Optimus starts to turn around because the, the other Maximals are attacked by Thrust and his drones. Um, they're managing to defend themselves somewhat competently. Um, Chudor deflects an energy bolt that connects with one of the, the, the tentacles uh, and it sort of flips up and knocks into Optimus as he's flying downward. So it, it hit. It must have hit him pretty hard because it, it causes him to transform back into his gorilla form. Well, yeah, it's like it's huge. It yeah. weighs a lot, and it's even if it doesn't look like it's going that fast, it's gonna have a lot of pressure behind that. Yeah, a lot of kinetic energy. Um, <laughs> the thing that I found surprising, though, I guess, is. Another tentacle sort of saves him. Yeah, Megatron uh, saves him. I don't understand why he did that. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he, he, he could have very possibly died from that fall. Yeah. Um, and it starts lifting him towards, you know, the Grand Mall. And we see Optimus's, from Optimus's view, uh, his eyes, like, slowly shut. Uh, we then turn back to the, the other Maximals who... Uh, are still defending themselves, but Thrust and his drones manage to sort of drive through them and head down the the tunnel they had just come up from. Uh, Cheetor is quick to point out that we got to stop them, otherwise they're going to find our base, and everybody's like, who died? Oh, wait, is, is this where they say who died and made you Optimus? Or was that yeah, later on? And, then they all, and yeah. then they just start yelling at him like a bunch. <laughs> yeah. and he, I th- Doesn't he just, like, roar at them? No, he says, I said, shut your mouth and beat your feet. Yes, actually. Okay, that was one line that I actually really I never really heard that before. And I kind of wish as a father growing up, I was almost tempted to say, I wish I had that in my arsenal growing when myself was growing up. Wow. (laughs) Would have been one of those things, you know. No, no, I get it. I yeah I no I I I liked the I liked all these insults I liked I yeah I just I wish I could I wish I had paid more attention but I like they get like there's there's a lot of them like twitching and their pupils get real small and just I don't know it, it just it's and it, there's a lot of like fisheye lenses and I, I don't oh just, I love the fisheye lenses I oh I forgot about that yes <laughs> yeah like when because when they all get when they all get exposed yeah it's like the yeah like the fisheye lens oh it's great. It's not a very, it's not very comfortable though. I just, I don't know. I didn't, I, it was a lot. <laughs> so we, we cut from the, the, the bickering band to, uh, Optimus who is inside the grand mall now. Uh, and he's awoken by Megatron who 
it's sort of trying to, I guess, plead to Optimus's sensibilities in a sense, saying that they're actually both after the same thing, which is unity. Harmony. Um, or harmony, rather. Um, of course, Optimus is quick to point out that Megatron's version of harmony is not the same as his. Um, and we're sort of, before we cut back to the other Maximals, we get uh, Megatron in his Matrixy head sort of hologram mode again. And his eyes are glowing sort of a whitish color this time instead of red. Uh, but it's, it cut back quickly. I kind of would have liked to, I felt like I wanted to see more between them. Like we do get a little bit more later on between them, but I was hoping to see a little bit more, but it is what it is. Um, we, we then have thrust and the drones racing down this tunnel. Uh Thrust looks back and he's like trying to make sure that the Maxwells aren't going to catch up. And Cheetor transforms into his cheetah mode and is able to, to pass two of the drones. And they sort of look at each other, then skid to a stop. Pass them easily, yeah. Yeah. It's very fast. <laughs> and so Cheetor is now in his robot mode again and just starts slicing and dicing both of them in super quick speed. And seems pretty proud of himself with the uh, the results as well. As, he, uh, as they look perfectly normal and he walks away and then they fall apart yes <laughs> um they, didn't they like also send like drones split off because then it cuts to uh, yeah super Bowl being chased right yeah he's being chased he's sort of getting ready to take them on and black arachne is able to to catch four of them in one of her webs from the ceiling and she blows silver bolt a little kiss uh as they get zapped and he sort of looks at her um oh, i like the kiss it was yeah <laughs> yeah uh we get Rat Trap, who's encircled by three more drones, and he's saved by Night Scream, uh, who, you know, at first is like all buddy buddy, and then, you know, sort of his eyes glow red, and he sort of freaks out and zaps Rat Trap with his blaster on his back. Um, and he has a moment where he's like, I don't know why I did that. Yeah. Um, all the Maximals start sort of bickering again. We do get in, we get Rat Trap, who, you know, Rat Trap and Silverbolt go a bit back and forth because Rattrap is like, yeah, well, maybe if you weren't trying to blast us all the time, it wouldn't be so bad. And, you know, Silverbolt sort of takes a bit of offense to it. He transforms and back into his bird mode and flies off and Black Raggedy is like, oh, yeah, that's it. You go flying off when things get difficult. Does he actually call him Jetstorm here? Uh, yeah, he calls. Yeah, he does. He calls him Jetstorm. Yeah. 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 Which I like that. Also, I, also, I I liked the thing that I like about um, it's kind of from here to the end of the episode They're they're not quite, they're not, they don't quite realize that they're like, that they're acting irrationally yet, but they're like starting to like, I really like that moment of like, of night scream saying, I don't know why I did that. Like, mm -hmm. because they are sort of like, it's like they say something reasonable and then their eyes turn red and they say something terrible. And it's like back yeah. and forth and back and forth. Oh, yeah, and, and I think like just 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 as uh before Silverbolt flies off or anything like that, there is this kind of like look that that uh Cheetor gives it like he just realized like why am I saying this kind of thing or like yeah. something's not right and just that an odd odd like what's going on kind of face there. Yeah. yeah, there are moments like that where it's almost like they're gonna realize it and then mm -hmm. you know something happens where they don't. By the way, uh, one another thing that I noticed in this episode that I don't think they actually go into that I was kind of wondering about 
the plague doesn't seem to affect them when they're in their beast mode. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like they're at any, there's no time when they are in a beast mode that they like their eyes glow red and they like get angry or anything to like that. To be fair, they're not in beast mode that much in this episode, so we don't really know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think like Cheetor being beast mode and running past those guys is like the last time we get any of these characters in beast mode this episode. Yeah. Well, so we don't really know if like it Silver doesn't Wolf affect flies him. off in, in in beast mode, and it's not until he changes back that you see his eyes red again. Yeah, yeah. Like he also isn't around anybody when he's yeah, a beast. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. But yeah, like what I it's, said earlier, like a theory that I just it would have been nice to see a little bit more of. I, I, I don't I don't like hate the premise of the episode, but like just like some of the delivery, like the part where like uh, Cheetor says, like, don't bring the, the, the stuff down. And like Black Rackney is like, oh, we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you. And he, and he goes like, what's so now? It's my fault. But he doesn't say it like that. He goes like. He like shrieks at her that, yeah. And it's like I don't know. It's just like you can be angry without like shrieking at each other constantly. Like it got too much for me. Where I'm like, this is just noise. Personally, like I don't know. Yeah. No, I I I I felt that too when it started getting to like that shrieky sort of level, where it was almost incomprehensible gibberish. Yeah. Um. If it had gone like a few octaves below. Like if it hadn't gone quite as far as that, I I wouldn't have been so off put by it. But yeah, I it's I like to show that they were angry. They had to yell everything, like how in a musical they sing all their uh, feelings. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, they are. I mean, they aren't angry. They are infected by a virus that makes them that makes them irrational. <laughs> so yeah. it kind of does make sense that they're that it was performed that way. And it might make sense, but I don't like how it sounds. Yeah, I like it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I mean I just I really I don't know I I I got a kick out of it I thought there were a lot of great one-liners have we gotten to the part where Rat Trap says Optimus why don't you go on another Vision quest? No, well, that's later. It's not that shows up that's back up again. Yeah, that's, that's another. Oh yeah, that's another. Great, there's just so many great lines. I yeah, unfortunately I maybe this is why I liked it. I I was only half paying attention, so I mostly only heard the good lines. They <laughs> caught my ear. That's possible. Um, we we come back to Optimus and he and Megatron are sort of having a back and forth about their own versions of harmony. Um, Megatron is quick to point out that Optimus's version is more chaos and harmony because you have so many minds that can't agree. And Optimus is quick to point out that, well, your idea isn't really harmony because nobody has free will. So the point of harmony is trying to have everyone agree and, you know, be harmonious, not just ruling through one mind, sort of, so to speak. Um, it's good back and forth and it's sort of planting a bit of an idea that we'll see at the end of the episode as well. But the the and I don't really get it because like Megatron's just insane. Like I mean, like that's yeah. not a good. He doesn't have a good argument. Like I mean, it's like oh, for all one mind, we'll be peace. But is, what's the point? There's no point yeah. being alive if you like like there's no the like it, it's just his his plan is self serving and self righteous and makes no sense. And the fact that Optimus kind of gets a little bit like maybe he's right is like so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> But Optimus isn't able to continue the debate as one of the things that Megatron used to try and fuel his argument was showing 
Optimus's comrades all bickering together and yeah, which I guess know, is why danger. I gave them the hate virus is to be like, hey, Optimus, look, see, bad because yeah. hate virus. Because not telling him it was a hate virus, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we then cut back to the other Maxels who are still engaged in battle with the the other drones. Um. There's a small cave in in the cave that they're at, and Cheetor you know, is buried for a moment. He goes back into his beast form. And this Jordan is where I agree with you, where it seemed like when they were in their beast forms, they seemed to sort of come to their senses a little bit. Cause we get that from Cheetor at least. Um, only he's then attacked really quickly by the drones. The other Maximals are, of course, are still in the robot mode and they're still bickering. Oh yeah. Rat Trap does a really good chicken impression. I thought. Yeah. I love that Rat Trap is calling uh, Silverbolt a chicken because he's a bird. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, he's all like, oh, he's a chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what are you, chicken? Moo. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> I was making a room reference. But yeah. <laughs> and I was making a good burger reference. Mm, I see. And no one made an Arrested Development reference. Bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but... Getting back to the episode at hand. Yeah, I, I guess you are right. He has beast mode for quite a while. I kind of forgot that this happened. But yeah, because yeah. like Rat Trap, and Cheetor have a have a moment where you know Rat Trap jumps at Cheetor. Uh, Cheetor jumps away while he's still in Cheetah mode and he transforms. And he, it's almost like he's about to get it, and then somebody hucks a rock at his head, and he's like, "Ah, what the?" You know, he then he. He gets the red eyes again, and then him and Rat Trap start to, you know, go at it. They jump into the air and crash into each other and start, you know, fighting. We have a really creepy moment where Rat Trap is like pushing up on Cheetor's jaw with his hand, and Cheetor's eyes are like almost beat red at this point. And, uh, thrust is <laughs> he just sort of enjoys it. He he tells one of the drones to save his ammo because everybody else is going to just finish it for them. So. Yeah, he's he's basically ready to get the popcorn and just watch the show. Yeah, um, I, I we, also did like the line that between Cheetor and Rat Trap, where he's like, "You want a piece of me?" He's like, "I want a lot of pieces." Yeah. <laughs> well, before the Michael Bay movie. Oh my God! Can you imagine if he actually stole that line from this episode? <laughs> uh, um, what line? So we, what line? The you want a piece of me? I want a lot of pieces of you. (laughs) Instead of the you want a piece of me? No, I want two pieces. (laughs) Oh yeah, I remember that first movie, right? Yep. Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Just sad. Sucks. Jazz. And obviously, the the, you know the one Autobot that gets killed is the one that's coated black. Yeah. Yeah. It was voiced by Eddie Winslow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but getting back to the episode, uh, we've cut to to Silverbolt now. He seems to be coming to a realization once again in beast mode, and he's stopped in front of one of these tentacles, and he's he's looking at it, seeing this you know light energy sort of flowing down through the tentacle. He transforms into his robot mode and reaches onto his neck and feels the little spidery drone sort of thing and plucks it off and he looks up at the at the grand mall and you know sort of zooms in on it and then we cut back to the maximals who are all still fighting 
they've sort of paired off now. So Cheetor and Rat Trappers are fighting against one another. Night Scream is flying around the room and Black Arachne has managed to get a, a line on him and is flying along behind him and cursing him. He's like, wait until I get my hands on you sort of thing. <laughs> I, I want to point a small note that I liked was during the Cheetor Rat Trap fight. One time, mm-hmm. like Cheetor brings both both his swords down to try and hit him. Yes. And Rat Trap zooms. Not only does he zoom quickly out of the way, mm-hmm. but as soon as they hit the ground and, and he's away, he zooms back and basically runs over Cheetor's hand. So they basically at, drops the swords. Yes. I will yes. say that, that 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 scene where Cheetor is like, like, ah, his fingers is like, yeah. that's so real. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. that's that exactly what, how it would happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like some of the action scenes are actually kind of really cool. Yeah. Or at least very uh, relatable or believable. Mm-hmm. Um, like when when Optimus shows up and is like, "Stop this!" and they all kind of just like look look, look like there's a bunch of kids who are fighting. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, we do get that moment where Optimus taps Thrust on the shoulder and just decks him. <laughs> Again, like I said, this is at the point where he's just having fun watching the show. Yeah. Like I think he even said something to him, like he's chuckling himself. Yeah. Um, and yes, and then he confronts the other Maxwells who just sort of stop and are all looking at him like, "What?" And, you know, he's trying to tell them that they, you know, they need to, they're friends, they're teammates, you know, they're fellow Maximals. Uh, Black Arachnia shoots a web around him and gets his arms pinned. Uh, Rat, everybody's like shouting an Optimus now, and Cheetor sort of hurls Rattrap out of the way and just starts charging at Optimus. He starts punching him and kicks him. Um, this is where Rat Trap says, by the way, that the Vision Quest thing. Also, we already said yes. that. Yes, this is a fucking yeah. great line. That is like that's. There's just and then and then this is, is also we're coming yeah. up on where where he says, "Forget the what is Forget it? Forget the seeds of the future. I'm gonna bury you <laughs> in the past." Yeah, after after Cheetor does like a huge combo on him. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, because because Autos gets knocked over and he still has the the web wrapped around him and and you see the the red veins sort of emitting from his chest and he says that line which is a good line i liked it um and then he like manages to bust out of his restraints and knocks all four of them back um rampage yeah (laughs) he uh you know manages to get back up uh everybody is knocked over and we then get Silverbolt shooting, or rather, some of his arrows landing at Optimus's feet, and they sort of—they don't, ex- yeah, they—they they sort well, of like they're like he—he's very ninja, and he throws a bunch of shurikens, yeah. and then they like go into smoke. They're flashbacks. Like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, and Silverbolt manages to to land, and he's trying to tell everybody to stop. <laughs> Optimus is at the point where he's not about to hear it. But, you know, Silverbolt manages to, you know, say, no, look, look what's happening to all of us. And uh, Night Scream is the one who brings up the uh, the the rage virus, which is also like, one of the well, best moments. Yeah, because like if you knew your history. Yeah, yeah. he says, that's he, after, yeah, Kendall, if you knew your history. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just great. It must be a strain of that ancient hate plague violet. Or didn't you guys ever take history? Then Chudor yeah. says, so how do we counteract it? Retro says, two words, impossible. Yeah. Which, he has trouble counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, like he's like the guy from the Hercules movie that always says two words. It's yeah. One yeah. Of Danny DeVito's character. But like, I love, I also like love that. That's another interaction where they're like, they kind of understand that they're being irrational, mm-hmm. but they're still being irrational. And I just, yeah. I, I, the kind of back and forth I think is funny. Yeah. Doesn't, uh, doesn't Night Scream's line comes after uh, Rat Trap's initial scan of like one of the tentacles yeah. and they, yeah. they find out like, like the, he didn't say that as, as he, as Silverbolt was explaining things. Oh, okay. Was, well, still, oh. I don't care. I didn't pay attention. I well, still that's like because that line. I also remember like at one point, uh, Rat Trap gives the whole techno babble thing about it but like what is it like ups adrenaline uh overrides neural pathways and stops your your own self-diagnostic tools or something yeah yeah it's like a virus scan it does something with their neocortex i think he said at one point too yeah something like that but yeah um we cut to and we got megatron who somehow was looking on like i don't know what is around there's a bunch of cameras on each of those tentacles yeah they're, fiber so they're watching. Optics. Yeah. Yes, there you go. The cable um, itself is a fiber optic cable. Yeah, and he <laughs> he seems rather pleased with his work at this point, uh, saying that the Maxwells aren't going to be able to get out of this one sort sort of thing. Um, we we then get uh, some more rumbling and because he starts like attacking the the, the ground or whatever. Yes, he starts sending these energy pulses through the tentacles, and the tentacles. It's creating these sort of shock waves through the ground. Um, sort of illustrated, we see like one of the the hallways, and it sort of ripples because of of these shock waves. Uh, we also get Optimus saying like, "That's it. We've got to we've got to combine our neural pathways before any of that happens." And I'm just like, "What? Okay, yeah. so this is what, what it is. No new neural pathways. This is this is what it is. He's being Zordon here." <laughs> basically he's saying we we have to, the way that we counteract the virus is that we have to overcome the virus no i know and but here's the thing is that parent is not a well-written show <laughs> and you should not be taking like cues from power rangers because it is a very powerful thing where it's like like the only way to stop our fear is to stop being afraid like yep. it's very much like just stop doing it like and, and it's like he says we gotta connect the neural pathways and and like what mm. ends up happening is they kind of like all touch each other at the same time and i guess that fixes it but like it's dumb and and like and i don't understand how he came to that conclusion he just he just because he, he just says that's it and like like something happened to like give him this realization and nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is a, so, I mean, you're allowed, I think it's, you're allowed to have a dumb thing in a dumb episode. This is a fun, dumb episode. <laughs> this is silly. But yeah. Um, we do get a moment where, where thrust, uh, was going to attack the Maxwells, but the shockwave sort of starts bouncing him up and down, hitting the ceiling, then the floor, then the ceiling, then the floor. I feel bad for Thrust, because he's all by himself trying out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's the long big... game for Waspinator, because he's, <laughs> he's get, like, he was, in the first season, it seemed like he was cool. It seemed like, you know, he wasn't getting blown up all the time, and now True. he's back to being Waspinator. He's back to being the punching bag. Yeah. Um, there, There's a bit of a cave-in in in the room that they're in, uh, we see Optimus is pinned by a rock. Silverbolt's pinned by a pipe. Uh, the floor starts to give way, and Black Arachnia sees Silverbolt start to fall. 
she latches onto him with one of her webs. Yeah, but... she catches him, but unfortunately, it snaps his neck. <laughs> and he still dies. It's, it's 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 a shame that Green Goblin had to throw him into that crevice, but she just couldn't say. <laughs> Sorry, had to make that reference. <laughs> so unlike Peter Parker. Black Arachnia understands how to use her webs because she has been she's experienced and trained. Yes. Well, I mean, at that point, Peter Parker's pretty experienced too. He's like in college at that point, and like mm-hmm. he starts when he's fifteen, so he's been Depen- going I mean, for a while. I don't know. <laughs> they use that as in in uh, civil in Civil War. They use that as a specific example of a superhero being untrained because um, um, if he had known because if he had known how physics worked, then. But he, he should know how this work. He's Peter Parker. He's very smart. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, pretty he sure just, it... he, he should, but he didn't. <laughs> I mean, okay. Anywho. To be fair, um, considering, you know, he's seeing the love of his life getting thrown off of a bridge. He's trying to do everything he can and probably didn't think that through. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it had yeah. to do with him being, like, not experienced enough. I think mean, it had to do yeah. with him being, like, just kind of making a rash decision. Yeah. I mean, if he had a shot like a wider sort of enveloping web that like had sort of like attached to her whole body, might have right, saved right. her. But yeah, there are there are yeah. more recent comics that he's like, I'm going to do it different this time, and he saves a person yeah. that's falling in a similar situation. Um, yeah, of course. Also, I believe it's I believe it's that it's either that comic or it's a comic that's a later comic that's referencing it when he's facing Greed Goblin. Greed Goblin says. A fall from this height, she was dead before she she would be dead before she even hit the ground. So Norman Osborn also doesn't understand how physics work. Yeah. Um, so it, I think the thing is that uh, people don't understand how physics work in the Marvel universe. Yeah, I go they're with that. Both, they're both it's, like scientists. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> physics and comics are not always the best. I mean, yeah. take take for the, the classic of Superman catching someone falling, like where he just basically goes underneath them and catches them. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if that wouldn't really stop their momentum. So basically, and he's made a like you know he's the man of steel. Someone falling from a certain height and them just going underneath him, him catching it would basically like have his arms basically no, shred. He, yeah, he would, he would he would have to match their momentum and yeah, he would, yeah. he would have to do some tricks to basically do that or basically the person's like well I guess neck or knees would break at his arms unless unless his I mean because they never explain how Superman's flight works. So unless it has something to do, unless he manipulates gravity uh, based on his, uh, you know. Also, doesn't he like he's not literally like steel, like he's got like a kinetic know, force just, field around his whole body. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, I mean, I'm just like, saying I mean, it depends on depends on who you're on 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 who's writing him. But uh, yeah, like you could. Yeah. Superman's weird. Superman yeah. also Superman also is like really not supposed to be realistic is and not supposed to be taken literally. He's a he's a metaphorical character. That's mm-hmm. why he's best when he's crazy powerful. But anyway, we got like three minutes less left in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So um, we got a stretch. Yeah. Um, so everybody is falling down the cavern. Optimus manages to get the the big giant rock off of himself as everybody is grabbing on to each other. Uh, Night Scream, valiant effort, uh, tries to grab Rattrap by his tail and haul him up, but he just does not have the wing strength to hold on to four or, yeah, four other people. Um, Optimus manages to fly down and grabs onto Night Scream and starts hauling everybody up. And 
this is where everybody apparently through the power of friendship is cured of the virus. So I think so. it's supposed to be that they're all touching each other. It's a neural link, even though yeah. like, they're just touching each other. I don't know if that makes a neural link, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, everybody you didn't know that, um, that, uh, actually maximals are like Vulcans. They're, they're, uh, telepathic, but they have to physically be touching whatever they're telepathing <laughs> with. Yeah. I forget the word, the term mind meld. Well, no, I mean, that is a uh, specific thing, but it's like, uh, mind meld is a very specific act, mm-hmm. but like, uh, but like Vulc- the reasons that Vulcan can mind meld is because they're able to, they, they're, they're like kinesthetically telepathic or something like mm-hmm. well, they, have, they have tactile telepathy, tactile like, telepathy. That's the word I was looking for. Like how Superman has tactile telekinesis. Yeah. <laughs> tactile telekinesis. Well, so you can true, pick right? up, that's, that's pick up really heavy things. Like, well, that's, that, well it's, it's, it's how they explain the fact that he can like hold up a whole plane from like one point of it, even though it should just crush from the weight of the one hand, like hold like another Superman physics bullshit thing. And yeah. and that's and Superboy's powers, the only power he has in Superman is tactile telekinesis. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. But yes. So Optimus manages to to fly everybody up and out of the um, this cavern. They get to the surface and everybody lands on their feet except for Rattrap, who manages to sort of spring off of his hands onto his wheels and you know, everybody's like, yeah, we're back to normal. And, you know, Silverbolt is a bit, you know, upset because he feels like he was picked out because of who he was by Megatron and is the cause for what just happened, which, you know, in reality, Megatron probably picked him because, yeah, he it was probably that sense of people aren't maybe necessarily as trusting of him yet. So try and, you know, also he might've just put it in his body as like a fail safe. Yeah. So, and he's like, technically has the same body as before. He just, that's true. Yeah. "Mm." Um, but he's like, so are you sure you all still trust me? And we get a nice little moment with Optimus. who's like, yes, more than ever. And, you know, he puts his hand on his shoulder and, you know, so and it all starts over again. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, we do seem to get a little bit of a smile from Silverbolt there, which is nice. Um, the the tentacles then are are pulled up from the ground and start heading towards you know the big giant floating head. Um, all the Maximals are like, you know, where do we go from here? And off the or n- rather, Black Arachne was like, she sort of makes mention, oh, it was bad that Megatron was able to turn us all against each other like that. And Optimus points out that he sort of magnified what everybody was think was feeling rather than just, you know, putting emotions into them. So he, you know, sort of points that out and then sort of wonders if perhaps Megatron, the, the discussion they were having earlier, if Megatron maybe was onto something, so to speak. Uh, yeah. And then we get a, a shot of the tentacles as they float up into the Grand Mall. And that's the end of the episode. So, yeah. It, I mean, had some good one-liners, but, you know, some not-so-great stuff in it, too. But, you know, not a great episode. Not the best episode. Not yeah. the worst I've seen. But, you know, like you said, Kendall, it was a filler episode, I feel. So... You know, sort like of a, a sitcom episode kind of thing. Yeah. No, it was. I mean, this was. I, this was just what I need. I mean, 
I, I need to rewatch the episode to see if it's actually bad. But I mean, like this to me was like a breath of fresh air. Like we've gotten we've gotten dangerously close. I mean, I like the last episode a lot, mm-hmm. um, but we've gotten dangerously close to Beast Wars season two and three in the, in the beginning of this season. And this takes us all the way back to season one. And whether it's a whether it's a perfect episode or not, I think it's a risk that the writers mm-hmm. took um, to to sort of do it in this style. And and it also I mean, it's a yeah, I mean, it's a trouble with tribbles or it's a the low road or the truce. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting oh. that, that that the when I think back, like that the low road is my favorite episode and the truce is my least favorite. It was one of my well, I mean, I need to rewatch the truce because it's probably not nearly as bad as most of season three. But uh, but like I, it, it definitely. I mean, like I love you know the the go on another qu- vision quest and yeah, who who died and made you King Kong and them calling silver them calling silver bullet a chicken is like my favorite thing. And just there's just so much there's just so much great about it. And I just yeah, like I said, I loved the the completely irrational everybody's like losing their mind and I I yeah, I like I liked all that stuff a lot. Mm. Yeah. And what what were your thoughts? Um, I think there were some good one liners in it, but mostly I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like I said, it was just kind of noise for a lot of it. That's just me. Yeah, no, that's fair. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have a news post from Casey. I wasn't sure, Jordan, did we get any questions this time around? I wasn't we sure. A, we got a few. Okay. Uh, not like only a couple, but we did get a few. Okay. I slept most of the day, so I wasn't able to repost the, the question thing again. Eh, no worries. So I wish I could sleep most of the day. <laughs> I think well, most of us wish that. Well, then you just have to let your depression get over you. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we've got our news post here from Casey or at Lady K Hirsch on Twitter. Uh, she goes on to say, Hi there, beasties. This week, the Maximals are even bigger jerks to each other than normal. Also, apparently, the key to curing incurable diseases is bad writing and teamwork. Yes, I love that. Yep. <laughs> Again, I wouldn't want every episode to be this. But it's just, but like occasionally, I, I, I mean, this is the, this is like the second, like just, just unquestionably filler episode that we've had of like the, almost the entire series. Like the, the weakest link rat trap episode is like the only other one I can think of that wasn't, that wasn't pushing the continuity forward. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, it's just kind of, I mean, it's just kind of refreshing to have that every, every so often, just, just a one-off goofy thing. Yeah, I can understand that. By the way, the TF Wiki has the line where Optimus Primal suggests a solution, and the uh, like quote text underneath, like in the note underneath, is like Optimus Primal pulls a solution out of his monkey butt. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, when he with the oh yes, the neural link. Yeah, where he's like, we we must work together to reform our neural pathways. That's the only way to destroy the virus and cure us. Yeah, and then TF Wiki's like, yep, way to pull the the solution out of your monkey butt so but yeah uh so casey goes on to say uh is a shame this version of the hate plague doesn't turn everyone bright glowing red like the original one did in g1 then silverbolt really would be like jason todd aka the red hood 
Speaking of, the title of the episode really rubs it in that Jason Bolt is no longer an eagle wolf. Well, that's enough of that. Let's move on to the news for this week. I miss the bird dog. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Casey goes on to say, first up, we have a new in-package images of leader class Optimus Primal Optimal Optimus. Uh, she provides us with links. We'll make sure that we have them in the uh, the episode description. Uh, the packaging shows off his big, rude armor ape mode, both his robot modes and his ability to be a hoverboard for himself. Also looks like he can become a missile cannon backpack for his ape mode and go directly from this to his combined robot mode with it without detaching, which is nice if you're dead set against parts forming. Uh, while it isn't shown here, we also do know from prototype images that it can become the big jet mode. It does seem that the uh, ground transport mode has been omitted. So like that truck mode that he used to have. But considering it's the least necessary. But just put of- the jets down on the ground and that's that <laughs> mode. <laughs> Um, considering it's the least necessary of his four modes, she's fine with the trade-off of losing that and getting the whole evolution gimmick instead. Uh, she's sure it wouldn't be that hard to fan mod it back in if you're a real stickler. Um, while the design of Optimal Optimus has been a bit divisive on the podcast, she's sure we can all agree that this that it's cool that Optimus won the fan vote and that is. This toy has a nice combination of faithfulness to the original design and updates that modernize and improve on the original. Yeah, I could, I'd say so. Um, actually kind of reminds me of now that I think about it, the, this, the new Optimus Omnil kind of reminds me of a more, more, uh, more points of articulation on a, uh, ultra Magnus, uh, original toy, you know, like an armor, an armor around it and they work together. Yeah, I can see that. Wait, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. So that is the m- biggest monkey paw thing ever. So we voted. They voted for the power of the primes thing <laughs> to get Optimus Primal. I've been like watching out for this fucking toy for the last the whole time we've been doing this podcast. And then it's going to be goddamn fucking Optimal Optimus. No, it's it's going to be both. It's, it's we're going to have the and- we're going to have Gorilla G we're going to have Gorilla season 1 Optimus and there will also be a an Optimal Optimus as well. Okay. I almost quit the podcast right there and then. <laughs> <laughs> like the the, the the G the uh like first form Gorilla can turn into basically a chest part that that fits into the armor of Optimal Optimus. Yeah. It's almost and, similar to like Power Master Optimus. And like, as, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Power Op, Power no, Master Optimus. I am not. That I think about it. Okay. Like Casey says, like there's also it seems like it's also be able to transform some some of his forms with when they're combined instead of having to basically you know detach the armor and transform it before you de- attach it in a different form or whatever. Yeah, but so but it is all one a, toy. That ah, okay. It also comes with a matrix of leadership. Like one of those neat little. Uh... Oh yeah, oh yeah, because that was my favorite. That was my favorite story arc of of Beast Wars was the Matrix of Leadership story arc. <sighs> she she does go on to say that she does wish that they had the signature swords for the the smaller Optimus Primal figure to wield, but she's okay with waiting for them to do a proper Voyager class redo of his season one design and having that come with his classic swords instead. Speaking of fan votes. Hasbro has revealed the winners of this year's fan vote via Facebook, and the winner is Impactor versus Mirage. 
It's the heart harpoon handed toughest nails leader of the wreckers versus the rich bitch invisible Dean Martin Sandalike, who is regularly accused of being a traitor. And I have absolutely no idea how I managed to actually say that somewhat coherently. I, I watched that video and it's so badly shot. Yeah. It says Hasbro have no money. I would think they would, like, considering they've like, got that yeah. money coming from Saban now. Like this like the sound is like he sounds like he's in like like they don't have a proper mic. He, it, like you could hear like an echo. Like, he sounds like he's in a big room, and like I just don't know. It's it's just so low quality, and it kind of makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Casey goes on to say, personally, uh, she wishes it would have been tracked versus needle nose, brother against brother. But this is a cool two pack too. There's definitely been a consistent contingent of fans complaining that Impactor should be a Voyager class toy instead of Deluxe. But also people were going to complain regardless of who won. So hopefully we'll still see some of these others get made separately from being a special set. I think at the very least they'll end up doing Wheeljack in his Cybertronian alt mode. It's one of the only Cybertronian vehicle modes from the first episode to never even get homaged in any toy line. And I, yeah, I'd like to see that too. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm sure they're eventually going to do it. Yeah. On their to-do list. And she's like, sure, it's a weird space bobsled, but it's also the very first transformation we see on screen in the G1 cartoon. Surely that alone should have been enough to earn an homage sometime during the last 35 years of Transformers toys being made. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, speaking of 35 years of Transformers, Figure King magazine has put out their 241st issue, which includes a 26-page special in honor of the impending 35th anniversary of the Transformers franchise. Thanks to La, P- La Paz Megastore on Facebook, we have scans of the entire special. She provides us with another link. The special is chock full of cool content, including a seven-page feature exploring the history of Optimus Prime, a.k.a. Convoy. Among the plethora of Optimuses featured here is an entire page dedicated to his three beastly descendants – Optimus Primal, Leo Convoy, a.k.a. Leo Prime, and Big Convoy. They have a toy for all four of Primal's bodies, as well as his masterpiece toy. It's amazing how out of place and ugly his Beast Machines toy looks next to all those other figures. But yeah, even without a translation, it's definitely a fun feature to look through and just admire the many looks of Optimus Prime. He's come a long way from his days as Battle Convoy in the Diaclone toy line, to being a major motion picture icon whose face is recognizable to people around the world. Since she's not actually on mic with with us right now, she'll resist the urge to fangirl out and go over all the various toys featured here. After the Vague Optimus Spotlight is a feature showing off the various announced figures coming out soon for the Studio Series toy line. This has new photos showing off the Voyager Class Optimus' ability to ride on the back of the Leader Class Grimlock, as well as the ability to store the Scorponok minifig included with Leader Class Blackout on his back in robot mode. So lots of robot piggyback rides for everybody. Couldn't make a French barricade then while they were at it? No, they didn't. Yeah. yeah. She says, after that, a look at Master P MPM Barricade, MPM Plus Prowl, some Power of the Prime stuff, as well as the recently released Hero X reprint collections of the original G1 Marvel Comics in Japanese. She believes this is the first time they're being translated and released officially in Japan, which is pretty cool. Also, the cover for Volume 1 is awesome. 
The special finishes up with a very cool roundtable interview of Takara designers Shogo Hasui, Hironori Kobayashi, and Takashi Konohiro. I'm really hoping I pronounced those correctly. Thankfully, this interview has been translated, and she definitely recommend giving it a look when you have the time. The interview ends with a teaser for a possible new third masterpiece version of Optimus Prime. She thinks she mentioned this part in last week's special, but it's hard to remember considering the sheer volume of content that was discussed. It was a lot. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, we have the results of some other votes. First up, Transformers Forge to Fight has won the award for Best Mobile Game at Mobile World Congress 2018. So congrats to the folks at Kabam. Second up, we move on to Kendall's favorite award show, where being snubbed is a good thing. Uh, that's right, Transformers The Last Night didn't win any Razzies this year. I mean, yes, it's a dishonor just to be nominated, but I don't think it deserved to win this year at all. But she does go on to say that here are the winners that The Last Night lost out to this year. Uh, worst Picture went to the emo- Emoji Movie. That's uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. Worst Director was Tony Leonidas for the Emoji Movie. Uh, worst Actor was Tom Cruise in The Mummy as Nick Morton. Worst actress was yes. Uh, Tyler Perry won worst actress in Boo to a Medea Halloween as Mabel Medea Simmons. Uh, Worst supporting actor was Mel Gibson in Daddy's Home Two as Kurt Mayron. Best worst supporting actress was Kim Basinger in Fifty Shades Darker as Elena Lincoln. I Mm -hmm. didn't even know that she was even in that movie. Worst screen combo was any two obnoxious emojis in the emoji movie. Mm-hmm. And worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel was Fifty Shades Darker. Uh, and also worst screenplay was the emoji movie. So holy crap, Why is, emoji it, movie it, got it, a it, lot it, of it, hate. Because every the Razzies just gives everything to one award like every time. That's yeah. just how it is every year. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, it got a little varied with like but yeah the emoji was a really bad movie um from what i've heard of like from like matt and stuff like that um vintage darker isn't like a ripoff i mean unless there's referencing the fact that it's a ripoff of twilight because it was originally a twilight fan fiction but it's like an adaption it's a sequel though yeah, 50 shades oh darker. i get you Not 50 shades yeah. Gray, 50 shades darker yeah. i forgot the sequel yeah. part i'm dumb that's so, okay so casey said that's all for this week except for some major corrections for your various questions last week she says, first up, the person at the fair who would grow giant a giant vegetable is Rhinox, who would bring a giant bean. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, she's like, how could you all forget the that crucial, the low road lore? Why can't it be both? Why can't Optimus <laughs> and, and Rhinox have like a friendly competition? I mean, Rhinox would, would win in like an eating contest or something. Maybe... <laughs> like chili cook off but i think optimus would be the one that grows it though yeah uh, i i would imagine rhinox would have like the best fi- like three alarm chili at the fair oh yeah i bet i bet you he he would win that competition and like he'd be just like one of those nice like you know veteran guys that always does that and and it's not so much about the ward is just making it for everyone yeah um, she goes on to say, uh, secondly, while you do mention the Optimus would be Barbara Gordon, he would in this case specifically be her is Oracle. It's right there in the name. <laughs> Thirdly, no. Beast Machine's Rat Trap is clearly Tim Drake, or at the very least, Luke Fox, aka Batwing. 
Also, Noble maybe Why, eight. Because of tech stuff? I, I mean, look. I guess. And she's like, uh, she Kendrick goes on to say. isn't a tech guy, though. He's a detective. Yeah. Yeah. Also, she says that also while Noble may be ace, uh, Savage is bat cow. Mm. Yeah. Bat cow. Okay. Is there a bat manatee? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm seriously asking. Is there one or is that no, just like someone think. did? So. I don't, I did don't someone think. do that as a pun? No, okay. I don't think. Oh, the humanity. Yeah. <laughs> um, her question for this week is: Which of the Beast Machines creators would star in each of the Razzie winning movies mentioned above? Uh, she'll start out with the obvious say and say Silverbolt and Black Arachnia would star in Fifty Shades Darker, while yeah. Black Arachnia is Christian Grey and Silverbolt as Anastasia Steele. Yep. Uh, so Kristen Black and Anastasius Bolt. Uh, obviously, he was his Beast War self in the first movie and became his Beast Machines version for this installment. Uh, would the horrible CGI sex scenes using these character models be better or worse than the ones in the real movie? Okay, I'll leave the other characters up to y'all. Okay. Adios, y'all. Hope you have a wonderful week and that none of you contract a hate plague. <laughs> I, I think would say the would, sex scenes would be better because it'd be funny. <laughs> it seems like models. Um, and I don't know how good the sex scenes are in Fifty Shades. I've never watched any of them. I've never seen any of them myself. Um, I, I mean, I if Guillermo you know, del Toro directed it. I think it would be amazing if he directed it. I, don't think it, I still don't think it would be if he directed it because it's a bad story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think you are and and I'm so, I just mean the sex mean. scenes because the sex scenes in Shape of Water, Shape of Water yeah. were good. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And that I was the CGI sex scene. So or I guess it was well, some of I'm sure there was some CGI in it because it was a practical costume. I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it yet, so I, I didn't even to. realize that there was a sex scene in it. <laughs> Of course there is. That's kind of everyone's no. Everyone's been talking about it. Yeah. Fox the fish man. <laughs> yeah. I I realized that she was in love with the fish man. I didn't realize that they actually you know consummated their relationship. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of what differentiates it from your sort of typical misunderstood monster. Black, black oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Is is it definitely the the main the main character? Mute woman is a sexual being. Well, I think that's yeah, good. I, I think it's I, good to, to yeah, you know, out that, have something yeah. different like that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it was an excellent movie. Uh, yeah, I just I didn't know that there was actually a sex scene between the two of them. So hmm. interesting. Now the the sex with an apricot in Call Me by Your Name was not as well done. Okay. Okay. I, hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. One of the best picture nominees featured a kid jerking off into an apricot. My God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I had to see it, so everyone else has to hear about it. (laughs) I honestly don't want to spend time thinking about these movies. Yeah. So I I don't know if I want to answer your question, Kit. Sorry. (laughs) I just don't have any mental energy to think about this movie. I can't say a blame. Can can we at least ask uh, figure out my thought where like I where Cheeto or or Nice Cream would actually want to be in the Emoji movie? Like I'm trying to figure out which one would want it more. I don't think either of them would want it. Mm, I can't <laughs> really see Cheeto wanting it. I like, think like even Night Scream would be like as like a as like a re, you know a rebellious kid be like that's lame that's for kids you know like. So you don't he, think Cheeto would like oh that you know this the people who like you know are like this and he would be all for it. Not realizing that it was terrible. 
No, I mean cheaters. Yeah. At least, especially in Beastman, he's a lot smarter than that. <laughs> so think, it would be Silverbolt if anybody. <laughs> I I don't know enough about the Emoji Movie. Like, I mean, I've I've heard that it's bad and the pre- and the concept yeah. is bad, but I don't know like what kind of bad it is. So, like, yeah, I'm not sure either. I bet I you mean, Megatron would want to be in the Mummy. Maybe. You know, actually, you know who would want to be in the Emoji Movie just because. He would he would want to do anything that he could possibly think would make him cool, and he is doesn't have a perception of what is cool. Waspinator. Waspinator. <laughs> yeah, that's who. I yeah. think Cheetor would be in Baywatch. He'd be very good at running out. Yep. But, you know. Yep. I can see him wearing out. the red shorts. But he has to run gets, but slow. He, <laughs> but then he gets to the water, and he's like, "Oh, cat! Oh, no!" <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Um, what else do we have for questions, there, Jordan? All right, so we've got a couple of questions and comments. Uh, we got a co- comment from Kendall Hallman, a Kelly Hallman. Oh, we Uh-oh. did. Yeah, Snow Stalker for Best Picture. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Sadly, that did not come to pass this Oscar season. Nope. No. Nor did nor did the theme from Snow Stalker uh, win Best Song. Uh, but we did get a question from uh, my name is Cast, my world is fire and blood at what is cosplay. Uh, hang on, don't didn't they do the storyline in G1? Yes, they did. It yes, was they the, did. it was the hate plague. Yep. And then they asked if the BCs had to have farm animal beast modes, what would they be? And if Frost is going to sell tickets to see the maximal fight, what events would the BC and what events would the BC sell event tickets to? Hmm. I think that if he could basically uh, record the event. Thrust would sell, would like sell it as like a VHS t- tape to people. Oh no, he he'd go he go pay per view. <laughs> yeah, he he would go pay per view for that for sure. And he would and he would have Megatron back him, so everyone would have yeah. to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if the Maximals were to sell tickets to anything, I think it would be to some sort of like cook off competition because I really want to see what Rhinox's chili would have been like now. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like Rat Trap would be a scalper. Yeah, um, I, yep. I was gonna say Rat Trap would scalp tickets to a fight, yep. even if it was uh, his own buddy's fight. Yeah, I can and see I, that. And, and I'm sure at some point Cheetor would love to, to be part of a race, so he would sell tickets tickets to that. Yeah, Night Scream would sell tickets to a Michael Jackson concert. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as far as barnyard animals, I th- yeah. Rhinox would have been a cow or a bull, like a yeah, yeah. either like or a domesticated bull. Yeah, um, I think Black Arachnia still would have been a spider. Silverbolt would be a chicken. <laughs> I can imagine him being like one of the those like large roosters. Actually, yeah. no, no. You know what? He would be a he would be a turkey that thinks it can fly. <laughs> I don't know. I that question I get a very serious Charlotte's Web vibe. So yeah. I'm like um so I'm I'm trying to picture so uh, well cuz Templeton would have been rat trap. Yeah. Charlotte, I mean Black Arachnia and Charlotte probably would have worked. Um <sighs> I'm trying to think the goose. So Optimus would be Optimus would be a rooster cuz I like I was trying to think of like what's I, the yeah. Who's the got, boss got, of the you. farm animals? Yeah. And the rooster's kind of the boss of the farm animals. I got yeah. a little just distracted uh, with Twitter. What's the question again? <laughs> We're trying to figure out what farm animals the BC, 
species would have. I say, I say, I say, I am transformed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Cheeto would just be a cat. Uh, Silverbolt would be like a frog. Well, it's if Silverbolt's on a farm as a farm animal, he'd be a dog. He wouldn't be like, yeah. I don't think he'd be a bird because there's not really bird farm animal besides chickens. Well, Kendall um, suggested that he would be a turkey that thinks he could fly. Maybe. <laughs> I associate him more, even though he's a bird this season, I associate it more with the wolf than I do with the bird. <laughs> but yeah. Um, rat trap, God. He would, I mean, there's, there's probably mice on farms. It's not yeah. supposed to be, but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was saying that it, I had a, I had a Charlotte's web vibe. So I was thinking like Templeton would have been rat trap for sure. Okay. Um, Peter would be a barn cat. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, would, I said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's okay. But yeah, Rhinox, I think would have been a bull. Yeah, I think so too. A wise, yeah. wise and bull. Yeah. So I'm thinking Cheetor, I'm thinking Cheetor is a horse. And then Night Scream is a cat. I can see that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or That's, Night I mean, Scream could like still older, be a bat. He would be a bat that like sleeps during the day in the barn. I I, I, I will say that like Optimus Cheetor made a, a lot of cat puns when he was like in season one. Look, so if we're if we're if we're gonna have a farm that's infested by rats and has bats living in the rafters, I I don't think I can abide by that. I was going to say, if that's, if that's the case, then we could say Optimus was a barn owl. Yeah. It's an abandoned farm. It's an abandoned <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Megatron uh, is the, is the um, homeowner. Is the homeowner. He's the human yeah. that kills all, that wants to kill them and eat them. And Aww. thrusts the tractor. Aww. Oh, that yeah. is actually, no, that's actually really apt. Like the idea of... <laughs> Of of the the vehicons are like farming equipment, yeah. So like thrust would be a tractor. Well, tankor would be a tractor. Um, okay. uh, thrust would be a beat up old pickup truck. Th- yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then um, uh, uh, that song would be a crop ge- duster. A crop, yeah, a crop duster, or he would be a shotgun. <laughs> No, May- or um. Megatron would be a shotgun because wasn't he a gun? Like, was it Megatron a gun at one point? Yeah, in many versions, G one yeah. was a gun though. Um, Unicron is the farmer. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else do we have for questions, there, Jordan? Um, and so we've got a, a question from Ryan Butson on the Facebook group. Also, a small comment about the post- picture I posted, where nothing like the story of a boy and his dog. And he asked if the other Transformers had pets, what would they be? If the other Transformers had pets, what would they be? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Optimus would have a plant. <laughs> yeah. Optimus would have an ape. Cheetor would have a cheetah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, Black Arachnia would definitely have a cat. Yeah. I can see her being a cat person. And yeah. This is where I think Silverbolt would have a dog, though. Like he's. Yeah. I think Silverbolt would definitely have a dog. I, I think Backpacking might even have like a ferret or something, like something like a little different. A domesticated skunk. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Rat Trap would have a non-domesticated skunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, would he have like a like a like a rodent type thing, or or would he get like a lizard? Like thing? Like would he be the one that has a bearded iguana or? A giant I feel like snake? I feel like uh, Rhinox or, would have a lizard. Yeah. I think, Night Scream a bird. Have, I think Night Scream would have ferrets. 
Yeah, I can see that. I can see Retro being a bird. Yeah, actually, I think Night Night Scream would be the one that has like a kind of weird, quirky pet. I think Black yeah. I think Black Arachnia would have a would have a cat. She just she's she's yeah. very she seems like a cat a cat person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cheetor would have a goldfish, but it would die. Aww. Oh no no! Thrust would be the one to have like a giant snake or li- lizard to be cool. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. He would have a snake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he would talk about the how big the uh, the the glass case was that he had for him. <laughs> And Megatron would have a pet rock because he hates organics. <laughs> no, he just has a rubber ducky. Oh, oh yeah. There, yeah, there you go. Yep. yep, that works. So was that all for questions there, uh, Jordan? Yep, that was all for questions. Okay. So does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? Uh, I'll plug Game Apartment 1C again. Uh, as I said, uh, Dan's gone, started up on his uh, second, like, second season of sorts. Uh I'm not I missed the last one, unfortunately, so I'm not sure if you finished the Famicom uh, Star Wars yet, but it was pretty fun from what I from the ones I did see. Mm-hmm. And I'll also plug Jesse Cooper's Alphabet Flight and Creepy Critters, which I'll be on a couple of episodes coming up. Nice. Yeah, we're going to talk about a uh, side character, the Hellcat, and then we get into about Dorothy Walker. Cool. Because what the hell? Ah, hmm. uh, and then I guess you know they see me rolling. It's also going on, and that's all I have. The plug. Okay, M. How about you? Um, you can uh, catch me on other audio entry podcasts like Teenage of Attitude, um, Home Government Losers, and uh, In Pursuit of Passions. Um, you can also catch me like pretty soon, but not quite yet, on the upcoming uh, sequel series to um pizza party which was the game that luke was streaming for some of our members i will be on the sequel series yeah thank you called silver pines which is about um kind of like a a a a small tv broadcast station in a in a very small colorado town and uh, i'm very excited for it it's it's kind of got twin peaks persona um and uh jojo's bizarre adventure vibes in it and i'm really really pumped cool Kendall, how about you? Uh, you can find everything I do at kendallcast.ninja. Also, follow me on Twitter at khalman, K-H-A-L-M-A-N. Uh, still recently, we had the, I actually have posted the Weird Al, uh, fake Weird Al songs podcast that Jordan and I did a little bit ago. Gotten some cool, gotten gotten some responses from that that uh, uh, one or two people actually enjoy it. Uh, also, I don't know if I have any if we have any listeners local to Columbus, Ohio, but I have been playing at open at the open mic night, uh, acoustic open mic night at the grand view grind every Wednesday hosted by Ben Marshall. I, if anybody wants to come see me play, or if you play music and you're in Columbus, Ohio, you should come play. It's a, it's a nice place. It's a seven, seven o'clock, uh, seven, seven o'clock to nine 30 on, uh, on Wednesday nights. Nice. Um, yeah. Also, I've been posting some videos on YouTube. If you follow me on Twitter, I always post a link to it, but it's Kay Hallman on YouTube. Right on. Uh, as always, you can find us online, uh, Twitter at Warren Beast. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast. Uh, and also the email, Warren Beast podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, I'm going to point out uh, for anybody who has been following uh, Eric, uh, the editor and friend of the show, uh, he did a recent episode with 
uh, Malika, who is the GM for Power Rangers Hyperforce on Hyper RPG on Twitch. Uh, it was a really good interview. I just wanted to, to plug that again. I uh, had a really fun time listening to it. And it gives you a little bit of insight into, you know, some of the stuff that she did to try and prepare. So, yeah. Uh, so shout out to Eric there. So another week down, eight episodes left to go. So, wow. yep, we're almost there. So for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I've been going on another spirit quest. <laughs> He's Kendall. <laughs> Let's roll, folks. So the thing about Dorothy Walker that instead of just like writing like teen te- detective fan fiction, like, you know, uh, Nancy Drew or the Hardy Hardy Boys, she wrote up an aged up fan fiction AU of her daughter's romances. <laughs>